Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network's 24 coverage for season five, episode number nine, uh, five, three, four, somewhere in there, three p.m. to four p.m. <laughs> Correct. So somewhere, somewhere in the late afternoon-ish. <laughs> Where we're at? In a long day, nine hours in. Oh, God, it's afternoon yet. I, I know who could tell you exactly what time it was. It was probably director Tim Iucofano or writers Howard Gordon or David Fury. Or they probably even say it's, I don't know, four or five, somewhere around there. Uh, we're going to be in the three to four o'clock radius here as we talk about Jack Bauer throat punching Curtis and going rogue because it's been all of three it. weeks. Don't fight it, Colin. Don't fight it. Oh, it's been all of three weeks, I think, since Jack's been rogue. Uh, so he's got to go rogue again. Uh, this was February twentieth, two thousand six. Anything else notable? Notable happened February twentieth, two thousand six, oh. or is this pretty much it? Uh, uh, I, I was. I, I know I wasn't a virgin by then. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, this is the one Ben lost his virginity to. This episode, <laughs> I just, I've just googled it. Um, Kurt Gowdy, American sportscaster and author, Ford C. Frick Award, dies of leukemia at eighty six. <laughs> That's sad. Um, oh. So, no rip, way was he a virgin, though. Rip Kurt Gowdy. The number one song on February 20, 2006 was um, Check On It, Beyonce featuring Slim Thug in the US, Ooh. at least. Or Thunder In My Heart Again in the UK, Mech featuring Leo Sayer. There you go. This is a fun thing. Yeah. We should do this every week. We what should do it every week. <laughs> Start again. We get to the, the, the number one hit that lasts for an entire, entire season. I'm sure that's going to come soon. Um, it was probably, a, I don't know, Justin Bieber song or something. Uh, he wasn't born anyways. in 2006, was he? <laughs> His parents probably weren't even vir- still virgins at that point. I don't know. Uh, but uh, yeah, this is an interesting one. And uh, I'll start off by saying, my name is Colin and my God, Ben, you're talking about murder. And my name is Ben. And sorry, Steve, you have the wrong extension. I'll transfer you to IT. <laughs> yeah, I'm so glad you oh, didn't okay. take that one. I thought you were going to take that one. Gotta pass the buck to Steve. Always Steve. Oh, Steve, he's a busy, he's a busy man. Steve, but God, he's a good worker. I just feel bad if there's actually a Steve in that office and Lynn's like, you know what, you're fired. Okay. <laughs> I just want Lynn to be like, oh, Steve, how is he, Steve? Oh, how are yeah, you, mate? Give me the phone. <laughs> Steve, <laughs> Steve, I, I, I've lost my wallet. Can I borrow your swipe card, Steve? Please. <laughs> how about those golden nights, Steve? Oh, you said it. You said it. <laughs> Uh, we're dating this episode, Golden Knights, Stanley Cup champions. Only took them five, six years. How's that, how is that as a Leafs fan? <laughs> I mean, as a Leafs fan, what's funny is I actually saw some. We're already off track here. I actually saw something which was running down from 2019 to present. Four out of the five Stanley Cup 
uh, runner-ups have been the team that beat the Leafs. So <laughs> I should know at this point now, it's like, oh, yeah, you can root for the team that beats the Leafs, but they're going to lose in the Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, Montreal, Boston, uh, Tampa Bay. Yeah, There's it's, a long list. Don't go through them all. Call them over here all day. Let's go back to six, <laughs> 1969. Hartford um, <laughs> um, Anyways, this episode... I'm not entirely sure how I feel about it. Like, it's fine. It's, I feel like this is a little bit jumping the shark on some things. He's not holding off an EMP with his hands or anything, but there's just a real lack of logic going on here. And just a lot of people who seem willing to throw away their careers for just silly reasons. Um, The episode's entertaining enough, but most of my issues on this are going to be like, like that was the best idea you came up with in writing this episode. Like, is there nothing else that could have maybe not uh, uh, not actually depended on suspending so much disbelief? Look, yeah, I, I completely see what you're saying. I, I mean, I got this mistaken that this was the episode I've been. No, it's next week that I've been. But there are definitely the parts of this episode that you can see where some of the real negative moments of this season are coming into play that I have problems with. Um, old mate Bierko. While he's an okay villain, this guy is just a trailer line and a and a comic book who just wants to quote everything. He's also um, very contradictory within five minutes of his plan, which certain plot holes come through it. This is the episode, though, to me, where I'm screaming at the TV that Lynn McGill is doing nothing wring yes. and, twi- and CTU <laughs> are the ones who are being stupid here. Like, this is classic, like, 24, which is taking elements of oh, CTU are working against us. We've got to help Jack. And this is the real time where I'm like, no, they're not. Like, you're doing, you're adding drama to something that doesn't need drama. I don't want to get too worked up so early, but it's just, there are definitely elements in this which are like, "Mm, okay, which as I will get to in some of these episodes as we move on throughout this season that I think a lot of people will overlook with season five, that season five is this perfect season, which is so good. And don't get me wrong. This is a great season, easily in the top two, maybe the best season of 24. But as we did with season one, there are also parts of the season which you can't overlook and there is still some pretty cheesy bad stuff. And I think, yeah, this is the first episode where some of that is starting to seep through the cracks. Well, we're going to talk about some of that seeping through the cracks very quickly here because, I mean, basically we'll, we'll talk quickly about the Jack introduction here and then everything that happens to CTU afterwards. Uh, so basically... Jack, um, <laughs> he's going to get a phone call. Uh, <laughs> so Audrey is uh, basically used as a go-between here. This is, I guess, I think this is where um, uh, she gets the call from Steve at IT. Uh, I don't remember if this here later on. No, it's later. But, when, uh, when, when Lynn's overshadowing her, that's the Steve at oh, okay, IT. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but uh, through Audrey transferring to Jack or something along those lines, we get our new villain uh, who is basically overthrowing Erwick. This is uh, Bierko, played by the great Julian Sands of Smallville fame. I was going to say um, he's off something, isn't he? And one of his henchmen is definitely off something too. Um, but yeah, this guy I've seen in other... I don't know if I remember him from Smallville. Did we cover one of his Smallville he, episodes or...? No, um, I mean, I think... He, so jor you know, the father of Superman, Russell not Crow. Clark Kemp, but Superman. Russell Crowe, right. So in in the Smallville show, Terrence Stamp, who played General Zod uh, in the Superman movies, did the voice. But then when they needed a live action flashbacks for Jarrell, it was Julian Sands who played him. So he he was mm. live action Jarrell on Smallville. Uh, I think probably the biggest thing he's been in lately was he was the I think I'm pretty sure he was the main villain 
in Ocean's 13. Mm. Yeah, he was the guy who designed like their massive supercomputer. I mean, he's a great actor. And it's funny, uh, I does mostly B movies or whatever, but Jamie was a big fan of his having not seen 24 because he did 1998's The Phantom of the Opera, uh, a B-grade horror film, Phantom of the Opera. And she loved Julian Sands in that. So I remember years ago, she's like, oh, Julian Sands. And I'm like, you know who Julian Sands is? He's a fan of the opera. <laughs> this is like the most obscure thing to be recognized from. But uh, I mean, good actor or whatever. But uh, so basically he's going to be getting on the phone to Jack and saying, uh, change in plans. You're going to have to choke out Curtis here uh, and then go to the phone. And we're going to play Simon Says from Die Hard with a Vengeance here. <laughs> so Jack, within two minutes of this episode after uh, being apprehended, uh, chokes out Curtis, Don't fight steals it. his car. Don't fight it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> And Curtis, of course, can be conscious minutes later. I mean, this is already where I'm suspending disbelief because Curtis is that now we see throughout the rest of this episode, everybody else is like, oh, but Jack needs our help. And Curtis is probably one character that Jack could just simply say, listen, he wants me to choke you out. Just give me the car. And he would do it. But instead, he almost kills the man. <laughs> uh, doesn't want him to fight it. And he steals the car. It's just like, okay, we're doing this again. <laughs> um, so uh, all the CTU stuff that happens after this, uh, Audrey, uh, basically already, I'm, I'm going to run through a list here of everybody who's going to be going to jail yeah. for going along with this. So Audrey has now aided the terrorists mm -hmm. because they said, transfer me to Jack. Uh, and now they've lost their lead. Uh, now it's all going to become a very convoluted plan of, okay, Lynn's going to find out that I took this call from Jack. Cause now he's on the war path. What happened to Jack? So I need help in deleting this. So she goes to Chloe. Chloe's like, all right, if it's for Jack. Uh, oh, by the way, I can't just delete the call. I have to delete everything. So as Lynn's staring at the screen, because he wants to see, oh, who is Audrey talking to? I bet you it was Jack. She dumps all the calls. Chloe's going to jail now. Um, so Lynn calls up call archives. That's <laughs> how they're going to find this. Um, Bill, at this point, is in the clear. And this is one of the things we really liked about the season four ending is like, Jack didn't fill everybody on the plan. We started this season and Bill thought he was dead. But now let's implicate Bill because Bill actually thinks it was probably just a glitch. And now he's in the clear. Well, he doesn't know anything about it, but what does Audrey do? Uh, uh, Bill, I dumped all the calls. It was me. Jack called me. We're helping the terrorists. Oh, all right. Well, it's for Jack. Oh, scallywag. That guy's at it again. <laughs> now Bill's going to jail. Um, Jack, uh, I don't know. Does he have a phone call then? I made a note that he had a call with Lynn. Does he talk to him? No, he doesn't talk to Lynn. He this is where he calls. Um, well, this is Audrey. where Steve's this on. is Steve, and then he's yeah. like, "What's going on?" And then Chloe's all yeah. like, "Oh, Lynn's on our ass." Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Steve. I'm gonna transfer your call to it. Uh, I just love how she does it so like like she's so good like Kim Raymond's so good in this episode despite the fact that Kim uh, that Audrey is shit. But like, yeah, I do love this moment. Oh, sorry, Steve. Oh, you got the wrong number. <laughs> what were we talking about? Lynn Howler kids. It is always Steve. Oh, that guy just can't get his numbers straight. <laughs> uh, now, it, what basically is going to happen with Jack later on is he's got this chip that needs to be analyzed or whatever. So he's going to send that to Chloe. So Chloe's going to jail twice now. She's got another crime against her. Uh, they find, oh, no, it's DOD classified. So what are we going to do? Audrey, I need you to commit another crime. Now she's got two charges against her, but oh, I can't do this because Lynn's watching me. Bill, Lynn, over here, look at me. Hey. <laughs> Tiny light, big, big ball. Look at this. Stick, 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 stupid. Oh, no wonder you're extinct. <laughs> so now Bill's going to jail, and Bill literally is because Lynn finds out that all this is going on, and he puts Bill into custody. Um, he orders all stations to be monitored. 
at no point did any of these people just say, listen, the last time something happened with Jack and Lynn found out, Lynn said, you know what? I agree with you. Yep. Let's at least try. And what I actually think is so great about Lynn's character on this rewatch is that you do kind of come away from this season, at least on a first viewing, maybe even a second viewing. The the way that the the writers want you to believe about Lynn is that he's this very overly sensitive boss. And it's like, oh, this guy's got an ego. But he actually has a reason to. We, We got that little tip off about him in episode one when he was basically saying to Bill, like, listen, I just want to make sure that I'm being treated as the boss. This is a guy who has, I can actually even more so see it from this point of view. This guy's got a baby face. He's going in there. He's having to, you know, mentor and uh, manage all these people who have a ton more experience than he, maybe they don't have more experience, but they don't look like they're 12 years old still. They don't look like a hobbit. (laughs) And people just don't take him seriously. You got to do things like this to be taken seriously. He's, he's a white man in the workforce. He has it all against him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he's the real victim in this world. <laughs> he's got to, you know, no one takes him seriously. He gets underpaid. He's been treated like he's not had equal rights for his whole life. You know, feel for the white man in the workforce. Come on. Yeah, justice for the white man. Come on. <laughs> but uh, but like he, we we just got that little hint about his character earlier on. This is the one thing that sets him off. You know, yeah. and now. Everybody has gone out of their way to do the one thing that sets him off. So when he's getting overly sensitive here, we knew he was going to get, and he has a right to be overly sensitive because nobody has filled him in on this. Nobody's given him the benefit of the doubt. And from what we've been led to believe about him from early in the season, he probably would have said, okay, I have some input on this, but let's let it play out. Instead, he puts Bill into handcuffs, which he has a right. He should be putting everybody in handcuffs and he orders all station monitor, which he should, that's his job. But I will say this amazing performance from Sean Aston in this final scene. Like to me, he makes this episode in that last scene where you're supposed to look at him like, Oh, spoiled brat. But when you actually use common sense, you look at him and say, Oh, serves them right. You go Lynn. Yeah. hundred percent. I'm so glad you're on board with this. Cause I think I told you last year when I did like my speed rewatch and I just got very frustrated at this season at just how everybody at CTU was doing shit where it's like, no, like, like, like there's a yeah. bit there when Audrey is like on the phone, pressuring Chloe. It's going like, Jack told me to do this. There is no other way. I'm like in massive capitalism. I'm like, yes, there is. Like, <laughs> hi, Lynn. Uh, just letting you know this has happened. Like, this is exactly the Tony Michelle dilemma from season three and season four. We saw what happened to Tony. He was a traitor and committed treason off to jail. And then we yeah. saw it with Michelle. All it takes is a phone call. You are CTU. You are the counter-terrorist unit. You can put people <laughs> undercover. Jack was undercover with the Salazar, so how long st- sticking heroin in his arm? You did that mm-hmm. for, like, 12 months? Surely, like, oh, like, like Nathaniel, whatever his name is, Nathanson, the way he's kind of all like, yeah. like, he's kind of like, I like how he's kind of like, hello, Audrey, if you hang up this call, uh, know, if you if you ask any questions, I'll hang up this call. I just want Audrey to be like, okay, is this a telemarketer? Yeah. Like, I think... <laughs> I don't want to. I'm fine with AT AT and T Mobile. I don't need broadband dial-ups away in the future. <laughs> bye bye. I'm yes, the, I have considered. I have considered your candidate. I think he would be good in office. I'm mourning the death of that sports writer who died today. Leave me alone. Um, but like Paul Reigns doesn't live here anymore. He's dead. <laughs> Stop calling me about your collections. It's just like again, I get it. Show's got to show. Jack Bauer's got to be the ultimate hero, and Jack's got to do the greater good. But like, it's just this is where they stretch it because you've always got to have Jack working against the man. You know, yeah. it's but it's it's kind of like. When you're at school and you've got like the cool kid who's like 
against the teacher and like, oh, I'm going to sit up the back and I'm going to be noisy. And That was you, right? I, well, not in primary school and college, yes. High school, no, I was the one getting the shit kicked out of me. But like <laughs> <laughs> other Just occasions. Just like now at your job. <laughs> exactly. Other occasions, right? It depends. It fluctuates. Peaks and troughs in my life. But like. Like, they're, like, yeah, okay, they're cool and, like, everyone wants to hang around with them, but they're also shits and they're probably working at McDonald's now. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, it's just, it, it's frustrating because everything you pointed out, like, all you need to do is tell Lynn because how dumb, it really makes Chloe and Audrey look incredibly dumb because she's mm-hmm. all like, oh, Chloe, dump my calls. And Chloe's like, well, I can't dump just one. That's going to take me to us. Oh, just do it. Lynn's got it open in front of him and delete, delete. Yeah. Like, and and Lynch is like, oh, duh, that's unusual. Like, and then all of a sudden when they're getting distracted and like, Lynn, you're just being paranoid. Like, why? Like, even Jack, when he gets the phone call, when Curtis is like, sorry, Jack, I've got to take you into custody. Damn it, I've got orders. I'm going to call the president. Like, he's just being such that, oh, I'm going above your head. I'm going to the principal because that's (laughs) that's daddy's, that's daddy's friend. Um, like, why doesn't Jack call now, Lynn? that was bad in yeah, school. Well, <laughs> I'm telling. <laughs> Probably. Why doesn't Jack, like, call Lynn? It's just, it's so yeah. frustrating because none of this, like, it's just pointless drama and we still get more of this this season. There's no need for this drama. They're all on the same side. If we knew Lynn was evil, if Lynn was yeah. a mole, or, like, like you, you say, like, this is what they like to do. They're trying to make this a Mason or a Chappelle where, like, they start off very, like, anti-Jack. Like, this is what they did so well with Mason in the first season when Jack, like, fucking stabs him and knocks him out. Like, we knew then that this guy was dirty. Like, he'd taken mm-hmm. money and, you know, and, and no disrespect between Xander Berkeley and Sean Astin, but, like, Xander Berkeley's a bit weedy. He's a bit, like, you know, <laughs> like, he always plays that type of character a lot of the time. I mean, he was the mole in Air Force One. Like, you kind of expect this guy to be a bit dirty. But then you warm to this guy. They just go full out like, ah, oh, don't like Sean Astin. They tried to do this with Bill in season four. And clearly yeah. we liked Bill. We, we, that was never going to be the case. It's just an issue. And, and it's, it's really frustrating. I do like the fact that when Curtis takes Jack, because like, there's that moment when Curtis is like, sorry, Jack, got to take you in. He's like, oh, damn it, I'm going to call the president. Come on, Jack. Let's, let's, let's be cool about this. Let's be bros. <sighs> All right, Jack, I need your gun. Don't make this more difficult than it has to be. And I fucking love Jack just gives him this look like going like, bitch, please. I'm going to take you in three <laughs> seconds at a stop sign. Like, fuck off. Like, he gives him his gun. And then three seconds, like, don't fight it. Don't fight it. That's what, I love Jack's go-to when he's like choking out a good person. Don't fight it. Don't fight it. Shh. Stroking his head. It'll <laughs> be okay. Clever girl. Uh, Think warm thoughts. <laughs> Think about the positive reinforcement things you will say for the rest of this season. I want you to ring up Lynn. Lynn, I was knocked out. Uh, <laughs> I lost consciousness. <laughs> but yeah, it's, I mean, again, plot's got a plot. I get it. I understand why they're doing it. But yeah, um, did we talk about Bieko here or you didn't really talk about him? I mean, just the, the first call that he gives to Audrey, but not the stuff with Logan yet. Oh, oh so that, well, that's, that's, Nathan, that's Nathanielson who talks to Audrey, not Bierko, because Bierko oh, okay, is chasing yeah. down Nathanielson. Um, yeah. yeah Nathan, I, like, I think you talked about him a couple of weeks ago because he was all in front of the Matrix screens and you were sort of yeah. saying like, oh, like, do we get more? And this is the episode where I was alluding to. I kind of like, like, obviously we haven't got to the action sequence yet, but I kind of like Jack having to work with the terrorists. Like, there's some positive stuff in this episode, which I will enjoy. Yeah. 
And I think that's kind of a cool little twist. And I actually applaud the fact that they kind of get rid of him really quickly. And again, I'm jumping ahead mm-hmm. here, but like they don't drag this out longer than it has to. And I think it, it makes it, although I do love it when Jack brings up Chloe, when he gets whatever he gets from Nathaniel after he dies. Chloe, I've got this file. We need to data mine the files. I'll open up a socket. Like, again, like, is it just some <laughs> script writer going, like, oh, I want some cool IT terms in 2006. <laughs> data mining socket. You know, <laughs> I really want to know, like, for some IT person, how much of this checks out because ER Steve. was famous for, like, Steve, yes, where's Steve from IT to tell us <laughs> the real? But, like, ER was famous for uh, real doctors yeah. and medical professionals would watch the show and they'd be like, literally everything these doctors say is 100% accurate. Like they would have people, doctors on the set saying, no, you got to change this line and this line. And I think with 24, they're just like, ah, whatever. And I mean, the audience doesn't care. And we we don't care unless we're picking it apart. With the Lynn thing, the only thing I really want to add with that is that, again, if you're going to have Jack going rogue, I mean, it's it's one of the most commonly used things we say when we have an issue with, with a script on the show is give us that one line yeah. of, of Lynn, like, no, I'm not going to listen to Jack no matter what. Yeah. He was mean, you know, <laughs> but you don't have that. You you don't have even that one line to make us think Lynn's not going to go along with this. So, so in the audience's head, you're like, yeah, but he he probably would have at least listened to you. And at the very least, you got to try. And- the CTU people have to know 100% that Lynn is not going to go along with them in order to do what they're doing. And I think, yeah, you're 100% right. I agree. And I think the issue is, is that we're sitting here 17 years later picking apart this, and I'm sure anybody would. But back in 2006, yeah. when we're watching this week to week, we don't care. We're like, yeah, Jack, fuck yeah. Like, they, never, they never write a show like this to have us do this. you know. And again, podcasting yeah. wasn't a thing back then. After shows weren't a thing. Yeah, they'd write an article up in you know Hollywood Reporter or something like that as a review because that was still kind of coming about back in 2006. So they could get away with a lot of this sort of stuff. And I feel like we always need to put an asterisk there that we're bagging this out. But like, again, certain things do not hold. Like if we're doing MASH, like, I mean, <laughs> yeah, the MASH re- doing MASH, the MASH rewatch. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, you're right. I think it kind of, it comes on all that level. And you just, you do, you just need a line here and, and you can, you can sort it. So we'll finish up the Jack stuff here. Uh, Jack gets to the pay phone that uh, he was supposed to get to. And uh, it, so this is where, Nathanson is tell, doing playing as Simon says. You you remember Die Hard: The Vengeance, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, I like uh, Jeremy yeah, Irons. This right? is That's, yeah, exactly. This my is favorite. Exactly I think we're talking about this. It's either that or Die oh, Hard yeah, Two yeah. is my favorite. Yeah, it, it's a great movie. But yeah, it's basically that Simon says, "Go to the alley." <laughs> then he makes him go in the alley. Uh, he climbs up the building, and this is where he has his next showdown with a helicopter. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Of course there's a helicopter on the roof and of course jack's open and fire yeah! <laughs> <laughs> um i i do like like you said the the moment we have here with nathanson and i think this is why i didn't remember it because it is very like over and done with quick you know mm. and when this came up i'm like oh this is what ben was talking about i wonder why i don't remember this but then when you see that it's over and like it's not even i don't think it's an entire scene no. um the shootout's good though i mean yeah. when you get uh when you get nathanson and he's shot or whatever um it it, it it's, I think you were at this point expecting, oh, he's going to be working with them. Maybe it's going to be like that thing where, oh, I'll tell you exactly uh, who's behind all of this. His name is Curtis Head, and then you just end it right there or something like that. Because he says the His name is Charles Lowe. Because <laughs> yeah, well, this is where he, he says a line, doesn't he? He's like, he's kind of like, you know, Walt Cummings wasn't the only one in the government involved. And you get that little yeah. cue from like Sean Callery, like, ooh. And this is really our first hint that there's more, which the writers may or may not have even known at that point. I'm assuming that, you know, maybe I still uh, think some of the did. top producers. 
I, I think that the, I think that there was at least a, a backup plan, you know, because yeah. I the more like when you listen to podcasts from like creators, not people like us who are idiots and just guess, but if you listen <laughs> like creators, they'll often say, yeah, we had like three plans, you know, well, there's just which one are ultimately we're going to go I, with. And they did do this in season one. If you don't if you don't uh, forget that they sort of did lay mm-hmm. a carrot somewhat early that there was still a mole in CTU. And I think they've often come out and said we didn't know it was going to be Nina until a certain point. Yeah. So I I. And again, like based on the Gregory Itzen material I've read, he didn't know. So to me, yeah, this is like a writers. They've got like, okay, we could go either direction here, but it's still a government conspiracy because as a lot of this will allude to later on before the Logan reveal, it's meant to be the vice president. And I think I do vaguely remember back in the day that was maybe the original option that they were going to go the vice president route. And then they switched it to the president because I thought, oh, wouldn't this be more shocking? So anyway, sidetrack. I mean, it, it usually when you have like these multiple endings, I mean, even season one, it, mm. it, you don't have, you have the one which is a bit of a fake out. You know, yeah. Rocky Balboa, like the sixth Rocky movie was famous for, they shot three endings, but the reason they shot three and one of them included Rocky dying and, and oh, the spoiler. reason they did that, well, but the, the, which he doesn't die, that's oh, the one, but, but, <laughs> but the reason they shot three endings is because they had hundreds of extras on set and it was the first thing they shot for the movie and they're like, okay, one of these is going to leak out. We know which one we want to go with, but at least this way we've got three endings. So there's a lot of times they're probably in the writer's room, even just feeding it to the writers. Hey, maybe it'll be the vice president. Maybe it'll be Logan. Just in case something gets out there, like we have that backup option. Uh, but one thing I want to like, from, again, from Jack's perspective, and this is where there's just so much rush decisions in this episode and and not a lot of logic being applied in the character's parts. He goes on the roof. He knows that Nathanson is basically said to him, okay, Somebody else is in charge here, but Nathan's is the one who's gone rogue and basically threatened to blow up the U.S. So, or, or Erwick or whatever, which, you know, he's still tied to. So does Jack know 100% this guy can be trusted? Because when that helicopter is on the roof trying to apprehend Nathanson, how does he know that that's not like, I don't know, DOD, who's like, that's our suspect, and no. they, they're not this phone call i think because yeah so erwick went completely rogue because walt and and nathanson were technically good they're the ones who are Mm. technically intercepting the gas erwick's gone rogue from them as in fuck you you double you double uh you betrayed us so i'm gonna blow up the i'm gonna kill people and then Bierko is kind of the granddaddy of it and he's pissed off about the whole thing. So now he's basically on a warpath killing everybody that came before him. So he's killing Erwick's men, he's killing Nathaniel's, uh, Nathanson's men, and now he's going to completely take over. So, yeah, like I, yeah. I was going to say that. Like, like, I, I kind of like how you've kind of got this layered tier system of the evil hierarchy where it's kind of this is the episode where it kind of shows that and... And we also hear Henderson's name here for the first time too. Yeah. So it's kind of, there's the layers here which are sort of coming together. But yeah, it, it, I can see how it's a bit confusing. But like really what, from Jack's point of view is what yeah. I question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. Jack, Jack, he should at least question this guy before he's like, oh, this could all be a ruse. He sees people trying to take down this guy who 10 minutes ago was terrorist number one in this country and if they're trying to shoot him, maybe they just weren't listening to Jack's phone call that was so private that it had to be deleted. So Jack should at least be like, who are these guys to Nathanson? And he's like, they're bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, yeah, again, maybe a simple line. But at the same time, they, you kind of get that because I kind of think like he he arrives at this building and he's kind of like, where are you? Oh, I'll meet you on the roof. And then all of a sudden Jack's like, 
oh, are you expecting a helicopter? Because I hate them. Um, and yeah. Nathan's <laughs> like, oh, no, that's unusual. So he's like, okay, clearly you've got people. Because Nathanson said that the guys are after me now. I need your help. So, like, I think kind of, I, yeah, again, I see maybe get a line, but I kind of like this. I kind of like the fact that Jack's really got no choice here to try and protect this guy because, again, he's kind of his only lead, good or bad, and yeah. these other guys aren't exactly going, excuse me, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Agent, we can help you too. Yeah. Like, they're just, they're just shooting him. So, like, I mean, stop shooting. I want to talk. <laughs> I just wonder if Jack ever found out who he killed in that helicopter. You know? <laughs> There's a spin-off. It's, it's, it's George. Like, he's, he's wife, his wife's at home. Not George. Nobody ever That's Richard about Heller. <laughs> <laughs> That's the sports writer guy. That's why he died. <laughs> he had an interview with Tom Brady. He just got drafted in 2006. <laughs> But I mean, I, I also like that, like you said, Nathanson, we're cut short on him mm. and we don't even technically, I don't even think we see him get shot. It's just so like, oh, there's a shootout and the Jack looks and there's like a bullet wound in him. It's one of those. So I think you see him when he gets shot in the leg, but I think it's it's one of those bits where, Lord, I was trying to achieve and kill Phil, where if you pay enough <laughs> attention, you can sort of see a bit of like, oh, 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 like, but I don't think you like, if you've seen this before, you will look out for it. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, if you're not paying attention, you can't see him get shot, but he definitely, you do see him at one of these points. I think when, I think it's when that guy also is like walking up to him and got the gun and does the old, like, I'm going to reload and then bang, he, Jack shoots him. So yeah. Jack comes dodge this. That would have been great. <laughs> <laughs> Only human dodge this. <laughs> Trinity help. <laughs> but this is, uh, where Nathanson hands off the chip to Jack that Chloe's going to analyze, uh, I think he also name drops here both Henderson and Omicron, which is uh, going to be playing into the next couple of episodes. Yeah, Jack does, because that's when he's on the phone and he says whatever the company is. And basically Jack's like, did you say Walmart? Check to see if there's a guy called Christopher Henderson on the the register. And yeah, Yeah. which because again, this is sort of, yeah, sorry, go ahead. I was just saying, the only last thing that really happens here, I think he's he's on the phone with Chloe and Chloe's like, bad news lynn put bill under arrest for being insubordinate and it's like <laughs> how could he do that and i would just love chloe be like probably because he was being insubordinate <laughs> 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 um yeah i think because this the thing this season is that like again it's similar to what we said maybe a bit about season two that who is the big bad of this season like i think this yeah. is there's more options in this season. McCrane. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like technically he is. Like it's it's the syndicate or whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, which again loses its luster after this season. But it's like I mean, again, Bierko technically, Henderson technically, Logan technically. Like it's kind of this whole, you know, path that this show will go on now for the next couple of seasons with this big syndicate that controls the government that leads us to John Voigt. And freaking um, whatever his name is, old mate who is terrible in season seven, but he's a really good actor. Cromwell? No. Um. Oh, he was in Armageddon. Oh, season eight. No, season seven. Um. Oh, he's very famous. Oh, I've gone blank on his name. Will, Will Patton. Will Patton. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Um. Again, completely wasted oh. when we get to season seven. But yeah, John Voight, Will Patton, wasted. Um. <laughs> and John Voight still wasted. Uh, calm down with your views, mate. Um. But yeah, like I, I, I still kind of like those little carrots that they're leading because at this point it's interesting. It's, it's you know we talked about that in season two that they missed a trick with that. That kind of you've got this like shady organization that are in the background trying to organize a war, 
and again, I'd, I'd love to get John Kazar on or Howard Gordon and be like, was this, was that the groundwork for what you did with this later on? Because mm. there was something there that was interesting. Um, so, you know, we're going to get all those layers. But yeah, I love this action sequence. I Like, I think this is one of the shining moments of this episode. And my overall rating for this episode would be based because it's, it's quick, it's to the point, it's not dragged out, it's well shot. I like this sort of intriguing thing where Jackie's forced to work with the bad guy just because he has to because it's his only lead. And then again, you just get rid of this guy super quickly. And I was kind of yeah. like, okay, I'm on board with that. But it's it's not it's not a week ago where it's like, damn it, judging Amy guy killed himself and now we have no leads. And next five minutes, oh, look, a lead. Like this one, <laughs> at least he's got something to go on. I think 24 yeah. works best sometimes when, yeah, you lose your main lead, but you still at least leave a little nugget where you can move forward. Not the standard, ah, oh, we're out of leads and convenience is going to happen in the next five minutes of the opening episode. Like, just reboot this show and for three episodes, have them have no leads. <laughs> Jack, Jack goes back home. Well, I've been dead for like a year and a half. Better catch up on the news. How have the Dodgers gone? Um, like, yeah, I don't know. But I, I, I like this sort of stuff. But yeah, the, the CTU stuff is just dumb. But we we get some cool Jack stuff. We get Jack shooting a helicopter. We can't complain about that. Yeah. Whenever he goes to town in a helicopter, it's always good. Um, so Logan stuff. I mean, this is really the majority of the the drama in this episode uh they go somewhere at least uh logan gets a call on walt's phone <laughs> Ooh, walt's phone's ringing and i just love you that like this is to me i love any moment where you get back to season four logan yeah it's like sir it's a terrorist for you i'm not talking to a terrorist He's like, <laughs> love you you talk to a mike you talk to, <laughs> talking to a terrorist you <laughs> Uh, he eventually does pick up the phone and this is where Bierko's telling him, yeah, Erwick was unsanctioned. You know, he wanted to destroy America. That wasn't our plan. Uh, you know, we, we want you to give us the route of the Subarov's motorcade and release it or otherwise we're going to kill a bunch of people. And I think as Logan has some type of line about it, like, but that would be senseless murder. And he goes, yes, it would. <laughs> and then basically like, I'm going to pin on you. So that, to me, this is one of the few like Bierko lines where it's like, well, that actually is quite sinister. It's like, but that would be senseless murder. Yes, yeah, it would. <laughs> yeah, like, and it's on you. I like it, but at the same time, again, it's just there's so many contradictory things about the terrorists of this season which annoy me because, like, their goal is to strike at Russia, right? So this is what they're doing. And he's literally just killed um, Erwick Ir- Ir- because he's just like, you've wasted this on Americans. This isn't our plan. So he's all like, Mr. President, we're angry that you use this. But we'll kill Americans. And like, they're like but you said you wouldn't. And it's just like, again, I get it. But why does he say we will use all the canisters? Like, again, you literally are contradicting what you want. You've gone to all this effort to get these canisters to kill Russians. And you're going to use all of them on like fucking the Dodgers game? Like, and then you're like, ha ha ha, America. And like, uh, Mr. Bierko, yes, you killed 50,000 Americans. Yes. But what about Russia? Oh, don't. Damn it. Yeah, I mean, even Buford Tannen and Back to the Future 3 knew I only need one, right? Like, why are you going to waste the others? Exactly. But I like, I, but this is, I just want to quickly, before I forget, just on, on Bierko here, like, he's just yeah. like, he's so cheesy. And I don't know if I love it or hate it. Cause the way, like, within two seconds of meeting this guy, we will strike at the heart of Russia and forever Russia will bow down at our knees. And <laughs> like, it's just every time this guy talks, I just feel so like either amazed because this guy is just like 80s cartoon villain or just so cringy because it just doesn't fit into the world of 24. I don't know how you feel about the way he delivers his lines. We're going to get this all season with this I mean, guy. 
Yeah, it's 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 really no worse than what we had, I think, last season. Um, you yeah, know, but I don't know. I think Vosloo kind of pulled it off in a way that wasn't completely cartoony. Yeah. I, I actually, like, when you were referring to, like, oh, Erwick's got this plan and, and Bierko's got this plan, just made me think about Star Wars. Like, Bierko is Count Dooku. He's a separatist. He wants to strike at, break apart his own nation. Erwick was new Gunray with Padme's like, shooter or something. Like, I'm only going along with this plan so I can kill an American. Often confused. <laughs> Erwick <laughs> and Padme, <laughs> or new Gunray. Um, They've got into ventilation shop. <laughs> but uh, th- this is one of the trivia bits I actually like, because I-, I didn't even catch this one where he basically says, yes, give us the, the route of the motorcade in 15 minutes, or we're going to kill a bunch of people with the Dodgers game. <laughs> it's like, okay. And then it was like 35 minutes later where he actually bothers going, oh, sorry, I missed it by 20 minutes. Like, I gave you guys way too much time there. I was thinking there. that well, was long. Like, I was thinking that. I didn't even yeah, read Yeah, it's like that. more than twice the length, apparently. Uh, I, I like all the debates here. To me, this is the best stuff of the episode, is the debates between uh, Mike and Logan, and oh, then when Mark's you bring Martha right. in here. Yeah, where he's saying, sir, if we allow the Russian president, not even if we allow, basically if the Russian president dies on our soil, even if people don't don't know we're connected to it, that ends this treaty. It was oh, all for yeah. nothing. Which I love yeah, that. And There's then, that moment where he's also sitting there, like when I think he gets off the phone, and Jude Chicka Chicka Chocola kind of just has his paws and he puts his hand up. Where I, I'm expecting him to go and say, like, fuck the Russian president, kill him. Like he kind of yeah. puts his hand up and he's just like, we can't let the Russian president die. Like he just he just looks like he's yeah. at that point, Mark's just going, oh, for fuck's sake, this never ends. <laughs> but even, even uh, Gregory Itzen, too, yeah. uh, the, the way that he's like, I know Mike, but. I don't want to be the guy who doesn't have the route in case. Yeah. Let's get it just in it's case. It's Jurassic Park 3. It's Alan Grant like going like when it's like, oh, we, you know. Oh, yeah. What we, if they catch us without him? Yeah. What, yeah. what if they catch us with the egg? What if they catch us without him? Like that's exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then when Martha comes in here, I mean, yeah. again, I don't really agree with her 100%. Uh, but uh, at the same time, she makes good arguments. And maybe this is an acting thing. Like, you know. You get these really experienced actors. They can sell you on anything. Like, I feel like these these need to be the telemarketers calling me, asking me to change my long-distance plan, you know? Because <laughs> I'm like, oh, what she's saying doesn't make sense. But when you hear the way she says it, I kind of want to buy this long-distance plan, you know? Uh, the emotion that she has, too, where she's like, you know, you, you, we need to stand up and refuse to negotiate and everything. And I think she even brings up the treaty. Uh, and th- this very tense scene they have is the Subarovs are saying goodbye. And you think at this point, it's like, oh, they're just going to release it, which they are releasing the route of the motorcade. And it's just Martha. It's the emotion on Jean Smart as she's watching, as they're just saying goodbye. And it's like, well, it was nice to have you. Uh, hope you have a good flight. Uh, <laughs> next time we'll, we'll, we'll go get Chinese, you don't, know? Don't get blown <laughs> up or anything. What? Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but when she's just like watching and you're thinking, okay, this is going to be this moment where she breaks down because she now they had to commit murder. And then that last minute where she just suddenly is like, you know what, after all, I am going to go in the car with them. And then Pierce comes up and is like, uh, ma'am, I don't think you should go. In the car. Pierce knows nothing about this. So, I mean, he should probably be dead by the end of this. I mean, Logan should be ordering his death. But, uh, instead of, oh, okay, ma'am, if you insist. And it's like, so where's Martha? Oh, she wanted to go in the car. Like, there's not even a moment of Charles being like, what did you do? <laughs> but uh, it, it's, it's all these people. It's like, you know that they can't say what they're doing. And Martha just make it like this brave moment where she just jumps in the car. The the less you say, the better in this scene. And it works really effectively. To me, this is actually one of the better cliffhangers you've had in the season. One thing I'll say uh, just quickly, because I wrote it down, I wanted to mention it is I love when you see all the news footage of the day. Right. And it's all like, and what a historic day for America and Russia, you know, fuck yeah. 
This is a day that David Palmer was assassinated. Now, I'm not talking over a treaty between... They never specifically say what this treaty is. Like, they leave it very loose. It's kind of like in season eight. The whole season eight is about signing of a treaty. And again, they kind of, you know, like, what does this specifically mean? But like, again, let's be honest. We, we live in a day and age when... I like, remember when Michael Jackson died? That was all that was on the news. Like, I'm yeah. sure Russia and America signed a treaty that day. Like, if Barack Obama tomorrow was assassinated... And on the same day, Russia invaded fucking, I don't know who they invaded this week. Like, like, or even if Biden signed a treaty with, you know, North Korea and we're going to end world peace. I'm sorry. Knowing the American news cycle, Barack Obama's assassination is still going to be front and center, particularly too, mm. because being the first African-American president. So I do question why the assassination of David Palmer has been put to a footnote on the yeah. uh, rolling ticker on Fox News underneath that. But Well, uh, I mean, it's actually a fair point too, because I mean, I was you know, cleaning up stuff before we uh, fixed up our basement here. And um, I, I got all my old VHSs. I kind of sorted through them. Oh, I want to keep this one to transfer it. Cause I have all this old news footage from like major news stories, which really started with nine 11. It just ran a VCR and started recording new stuff. But I mean, I've got stuff from like the challenger shuttle explosion. Oh wow! And it's a six hour videotape that I recorded over the course of like three or four days. And I still remember the moment where it's like, Oh, it's been four days. There's now a new news story and this is out. But like you're not gonna bump a president being assassinated, or even the terrorist attack at the Ontario airport. It's probably yeah. still a bigger news at this point. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. And again, little nitpick. I know it's a pointless nitpick. And like uh, again, like one of the best scenes of this entire season is in the final episode when Palmer's coffin is being wheeled onto an airport to be transported back to Washington. That is in the last hour of this season. I do question that they probably would have done that earlier. But again, we get an amazing thing. Ben nitpicks coming soon to uh, Apple Podcasts. But um, yeah, look, I'm on board with everything in this episode with the Palmer stuff because I'm going to uh, the Logan stuff because next week it's going to be the complete opposite. I fucking hate everything that comes from this next week. Um, but like everything with this, like Logan just, he, we always talk about Gregory Eaton. It's just, it's a face that he can pull. And like when he's on the phone to Bierko and when Bierko is kind of like giving his spiel about like, ah, so no, blah, blah, I want to kill Russia and you're going to help me. And then he's like, and Logan's like, yeah, sure, what do you want, champ? And he's like, I want the president's route. And he's English, actually. I don't know why is he English and not Russian, but whatever. Um, and uh, there's just this face that Gregory Itzen does. And even Jude Chicky Chicky Cola does. Like, because as you know, we know for the most part, that's not really uh, Bierko talking there's a as a production assistant or the director off camera is reading that script we know that sometimes we've talked about keeper will be on set sometimes to get emotion from people so maybe he is on set doing that but like so he's got to act to like basically not the guy who's telling that and it's just the way he acts to it he's fantastic and just the reaction it's so good but it is that back and forth and kind of like oh what do we do what do we do Although, like, the one thing I do question with Martha coming in is, okay, she drops the line of, you brought me into this circle, you need to tell me everything. I'm sorry, she's still the first lady. She has to have clearance to hear national security information. Like, I get why they're doing this. I get where we're going with this. But, like, all Logan has to say is, like, this is national security, Martha. You are not cleared to hear this. Piss the fuck off. Like... Like, sure, he might have to sleep on the couch that night. (laughs) But, like, I mean, again, as the First Lady, she should be aware of that. No disrespect to the role of the First Lady. It would be the same if it was a First Gentleman. Like, it's exactly the same. Like, it's they're not cleared. They're not technically a government employee there to hear top-secret information. They are the spouse of the leader of the free world. Although I do love her line. We mentioned a few weeks ago how 
that uh, security guy on that campus is like, President of the United States. Like, I love how Marth has to remind him, Logan, Charles, you are the President of the United States of America. <laughs> and he's like, oh, yeah. not Tajikistan. Right, okay. I, 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 I think I made it, yeah, I made a note of that here too. I missed that. Hi, Jamie. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, why does she have to remind him of the country? <laughs> like, I love America and I know they're our listeners and, and I know Colin's got negative opinions because he's Canadian, but that's fine. <laughs> I love everyone in America for the most part. But like, I don't get why you always need to inflate your ego on shows like this. Like, are you sitting there going like, oh, God, it's been an hour and I don't know where I'm from. You are the president. Of the United- yeah, America. Fuck yeah, America. Fuck yeah. <laughs> is, is, I think America might be the only country that like that. Oh, you, you have to say it with that tone of voice and the full name is the United States of America. That's you know, oh, come on. <laughs> like. <laughs> They, they, Canada, <laughs> Australia. They, well, they, I guess Australians probably say it. Like, Australia. Australia. We're just like Australia, mate. Like, uh, <laughs> it's just, uh, you don't even pronounce the whole name. <laughs> we're li- literally the big staying here, and his apologies in advance for using the C word, but we say Australia, cunt. Like, that's just what we say. <laughs> <laughs> and we don't, we remove the AUS, and it's just Australia. S T R A S T R A Y A. Australia. Like, that's how we say it. But anyway, but it's it's great scene. And like, yeah, it's a cliffhanger. Yeah, I get it. Like, you know, but it just, it does lead into some absolute bullshit next week. <laughs> I just can't stand this whole, like, I do not like next week's episode. But, like, I get it's, it's, but like, I'm sorry. Does this, Aaron's a bit dumb here. Like, when he's like, oh, clearance. Oh, but I really want to. Like, again, like, Martha's got everyone under her. Like, she controls everyone in the White House. Like, everybody loves Martha. <laughs> no wonder the people want to fill up her boobs and get stuff out of a thing. Like, she's just walking around like, hi, everyone. Hi, boys. Hi, girls. She's like, oh, do everything Martha says. Yes, go with the super rolls. And are, are Americans really this friendly? Like, even, uh, like, Russians really this friendly? Sorry, like, even back when Putin wasn't invading countries. Like, back in the good old days of Russia in the mid-2000s, right? Oh, when everybody loved him. Was George Bush getting into, you know, was Laura Bush getting into a limo with Vladimir Putin and Mrs. Vladimir Putin? I don't know what his wife's name is. Does he have a <laughs> wife? Probably probably does. I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> remember the night? You, you, you're the age. You remember Boris Yeltsin in the 90s? Whatever. I know he died. Was he the last, the last communist one? No, I think he was the, the first. first he he first was post-communism. like once they became the Russian Federation. He was after um, yeah. old Gorbachev, the guy with the thing on his head, right? So I think he was the first Russian Federation president. And I remember growing up because he was like this jovial kind of funny guy who was always drunk, and like they would always just kind of make fun of him because he'd be at like the G eight and he'd be fucking pissed off his tits. Um, and I think he died like on New Year's Eve, the millennium or something. But I remember Boris Yeltsin and Bill Clinton. Like I remember that as a kid. Like. Yeah, Boris Yeltsin would be hanging out with you. And they're, 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 yes, you come drink the vodka in the car, Martha. Come on, yes. Ah, oh, ah, oh, ah, oh, he's Thomas Park now. But, like, I don't see... I'm going on a real tangent here. I like this stuff. I'm just getting annoyed ahead of next week because I do not like what happens next week. Have you watched next week yet? No. Uh, I, I actually... I thought this was the one you were going to hate, and I'm like, oh, I think I might I like this I thought it was too, but better. then I realized I jumped a week ahead of the actual motorcade explosion episode. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. and, it's not, and it's not even... It's. Sorry, I'll, I'll explain it in a moment because we haven't finished this episode. I'll shut up. 
uh all right so um any other trivia that you have in the book i mean we got uh here the wiki page we got uh the the 35 minute 10 minute phone call or whatever they have um nothing in th- the- this is the worst trivia the corpse of polakov appears on a stretcher but was likely portrayed by a body <laughs> double not timothy olmanson who portrayed polakov in the prior episode who's polakov that's um the the um the judging amy guy um who, oh, okay. Who was? Can I just point out? I'm I'm doing a speed rewatch of Nip Tuck ahead of doing our 20th anniversary episode coming soon. Um, he was randomly in an episode of Nip Tuck. I forgot about. It. He's in it for like two seconds. I'm like, hey, there he is. Oh. Um, but uh, the only trivia in the book is about the fact that Gene Smart and uh, Gregory Gibson worked together like 20 years prior on a, like a movie or a TV show together. Um, the guy that I was the henchman, uh, Alex Kuznetsov, is the actor. He plays the really like. Eastern European looking uh, guy. I'm um, looking at his filmography. He was in Space Cowboys, but um, there's a few other things that he moves in Alias a few times. There is something I know him from. I have to really dig into that. I like the trivia though about um, the Angel connections. I I watched Buffy. I never watched oh, Angel. Yeah. Um, but like isn't it a name of a character or something? Yeah. So Howard Gordon and David Fury wrote on Angel together, and it also worked on Jag. Ah, oh, Jag. Let's bring back Jag. But so Jane Espenson, the name that Audrey says when giving the names of Omicron, Omicron, Omicron. Thank you. That's the name of Henderson's company. Um, was a writer on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, who David Fury worked with. So I, I kind of like that little connection there too. Um, but yeah, no, nothing else. The book doesn't really give uh, a lot this week. I'm telling you now, I'm sorry, uh, Tara Delulio Bennett, now that you've been married, but season five, the official companion hasn't had a lot of trivia compared to the first four seasons. So, uh, pick up your game, Tara Delulio Bennett. You're slacking off since you got married. (laughs) Uh, now I am sadly going to break my buying streak this week. Um, I'm going to rent this episode, but... It's funny because I'm like going down my list. I'm going down my list and I'm like, this is actually still a pretty high rent that I have. It's not like it's uh, terribly low or anything. Uh, Where do I have this at right now? I've got it at number 62 overall, but it's my my fourth highest. My fourth. Is it actually? It is. 62 is my favorite number. Okay. Well, I got it at 63 then because I don't want to Actually, not even to Ben Waterworth. I actually did have it at 63 because I forgot to change one of the numbers here. <laughs> yeah, 63 overall for me, which is my fifth highest rent overall. Uh, I'm still buying it. I still think there's enough in here to buy it. Like, because again, it's, it's, it, this episode goes by quickly. And I think, like, I've actually watched this episode twice in the last week because, you know, how the Oz Network works. Like, we were going to record this a week or so ago and it didn't happen. So then I went away for a week, came back, and now I've just rewatched it. And, like, I'm never bored in it. Like, yeah, there are plot holes and things that you get angry with, but I'm still on board enough that it's a it's a low buy. Um, I'm putting this at 46 overall. Uh, sorry, 45 overall. So this is the lowest of mine for this season. And overall, this will still end up in the top 100, apparently 80th. But I think that comes down to more of showing the quality of what's to come rather than, uh, you know, what's, what's behind us. Um, but as I keep saying with the season, and I know we're about to preview next week in a moment, I still think like, even the the good thing about season five is when it starts to dip in quality, it finds its feet again. So like, even though, as we'll talk about in a moment, why I hate next week and I will bin next week, the week after it starts to get good again. So there's a couple of bins this season, but it's not like a season six or a season seven uh, or even what we've had in the past where you, like even season one had a couple in a row. We're like, okay. And then all of a sudden it found its feet again. Season five is quick to turn itself around again. So this is only a very brief little drop and particularly into next week. I'm kind of curious because I mean I 
I thought, okay, maybe the next episode's one where I'm going to have no memory of it. It is a forgettable one, but a lot of stuff I'm reading that happens next week. I'm like, oh, I remember that. I don't remember hating any of it, but again, you know, I, I may not have been so closely uh, nitpicking it and everything, but we're going to get more of the uh, the CTU drama with Lynn. Uh, and I, I guess the big thing is Martha and the, the motorcade for most of the episode. But Henderson comes in next week already? Yeah. And I think like this is one of those things too where I remember like never really disliking this either. But it was that rewatch last year. I'm like, wow. And I think my two biggest issues is that I hate the motorcade stuff. I just, I hate it. Really? I just, I just like uh, the action is fine. But like it's just again, it's it's cheesy and it's a one episode thing that basically has no ramifications and people just move on. Like even if a Russian president was attacked on US soil and survived, everyone's not gonna be like, "Whoo, we dodged war there." Yeah. Like I mean, again, flip it around the other way. If Biden tomorrow goes to Russia, hey Vladimir Putin, pew 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 pew, like he survives, I don't think y'all should call you scallywag Russians. You <laughs> see you at the G eight in a few months. Like that's still gonna have fucking ramifications. But the Henderson stuff actually annoys me because next week, Jack Bauer, for the first time in over 100 episodes to me, legitimately comes across as stupid. And he even has a line where he will, like, almost turn to the camera and go, how could I be so dumb, lol? Like, and it just annoys me. Like, and I think this Henderson reveal, they go too quickly. This week, it was a good thing with the way they did it with the villain, where it was like a quick file. Like, okay, next week, it's like, hi, Henderson, we love you. Well, no, we don't. Awkward. Like, it's too quick. And it's just, it frustrates me. And yeah, yeah. I'm not a fan of next week. So, and I'm, I'm, no, I'm, you're hosting it. That's right. I'm hosting it, yeah. I mean, we're, we're probably going to get into it more next week, but I, I just think it's it's kind of weird that we just brought in Bierko and now we're bringing in Henderson. Yeah. I'm like, give a couple episodes gap there, but... Yeah. I think they're they're also trying to break that mold of 24 that everybody was onto at this point. Uh, but we we're going to get introduced to the great Peter Weller. That's yeah. right. We're talking about rabbit rabbit holes. Peter Weller. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Him and Keeper worked together that. again recently. Did you, you did yeah. watch the rest of it? I, did, I keep asking this. All yeah, the time, I did. Yeah. I? yeah. Uh, it's one of these things where I'm like, okay, that's good, but like, if this show does not get a second season, yeah. I'm going to be really upset. 100%. Like, it, let let's know for if you're going to have a massive cliffhanger. Know for sure you got a second season. If Kiefer just decides, eh, I'm going to go on tour with my band and we're never going to get to this, then I'll be really upset. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, other than that, we got our final Indiana Jones recap coming this week, King of the Crystal Skull. We're both going to be defending a lot of the things that people uh, uh, criticize the movie for, and I think we're going to have good defenses of it. Uh, and then uh, I guess right after that, uh, will it be literally after? The, does the movie come out this week? It comes out next week. Two weeks, yeah. And we'll, we'll have a Flash uh, review probably up yesterday. The Flash, yeah. Uh, which at the time recording this, I've actually beaten Colin for once. I've seen it. Yeah. Um, and I actually, the, the weird thing about me, saying I don't want to give anything away ahead of you seeing it, is that like I saw it obviously like I guess technically the day before it came out and I tried to read some reviews and everything about it and nothing really at least two days ago at the time of recording this was out i haven't checked now but i'm it's one of these ones that i think it's intriguing to see reaction to it after people have seen it rather than just the reviews um but yeah no i'm looking forward to talking about it with you i'm looking forward to you seeing it and I actually i've decided i think i might go see barbie every time i see the trailer yeah it actually like looks quite interesting it, it reminds me is it just bewitched like because remember yeah, that, kind of. that Bewitch movie in the 2000s that everyone bagged out because it was like Will Ferrell yeah. and they like brought it into like the real world, right? It kind of looks like it's just because it's also got Will Ferrell in it, kind of like trying <laughs> to chase Margaret. I just think this is just a remake of the the hated 2000s Bewitch, which I didn't think was that bad from memory. I, I think it's it's a very well-promoted movie. Like yeah. I'll say that. 
It like the gets trailer, you the 2001, the 2001 A Space Odyssey trailer. I'm like, that's actually pretty clever. Maybe I didn't I'll see that, but the one that they've got at the moment, which has got what is like Dua Lipa's song, and then they kind of do like a, I think Tiesto's done a remix of the Aqua Barbie Girl. But like, I hate Ryan Gosling. Well, okay, I don't hate Ryan Gosling. I just think he's overrated. But he looks like, for once, he's got facial expressions. It looks fun. <laughs> and Margot Robbie, to me, is a perfect casting of uh, Barbie. And I think Tony Collette's in it by the looks of things. Like, I don't, you're right. Like, it's it's one of these movies that. I probably would never see, but the way it's promoted, I'm just watching it like, this looks really good. I want to see this it. Is, this is going to be one of the weirdest things where it's like, once we see the movie, it's probably gonna be like, oh, of course we got to review, review this. But if you were to have gone back six months ago and said, Colin and Ben are going to be reviewing Barbie <laughs> on opening weekend, you'd be like, what? Didn't, what? Wasn't there a movie, re- wasn't in the last, I swear we've done this before, that there was a movie that was really well promoted that I, I think I, a Top Gun Maverick, I remember talking a little bit about like, oh, this is, wouldn't be a movie I generally see, but it looks yeah. good promoted. There was a movie I feel we've talked about in the past where neither of us would have seen it, but it was promoted so well. That Rise we're... of Skywalker. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I started playing Lego Star Wars, uh, the, the Skywalker. The new one? The, the new one. It's, it's, it's like a lot better. I got through the original trilogy, but um, I'm not looking forward to getting to the, uh, the newer ones. Anyway, tangent. Right. Patreon, yeah. pay us. We'll uh, talk more about it. Indiana Jones, King of the Crystal Skull, uh, Flash Review, 24 next week. Uh, and next month. Right, what are we, right. Next month we're doing an anniversary month next month. I'm excited. We're finally getting an anniversary month. So yeah. we're going to start off with American Graffiti. And Nip Tuck uh, 20th anniversary, I will just uh, tease. We're about, um, we're in the initial planning phases. So we're hoping to do like a reunion episode similar to what we did with 24 and Third Watch. But uh, either way, I think Nick and I are going to get back together and just do a, a bit of a, a recap to celebrate the 20th anniversary of it. We do have some people lined up for uh, anniversary. We're just trying to get it all together. So uh, stay tuned. We will have some form of 20th celebration for Nip Tuck uh, in July. And if it happens, as somebody who never even got into Nip Tuck, I'm excited for some of the people you might have on there. Yeah, exactly. So uh, stay tuned. All right, and thank you for joining us. My name is Colin, and I may have been in charge, but I'm not in control. And my name is Ben. Stop making excuses, take responsibility, and do your job. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time. like exclusive stuff? Yes, sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah! If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon! That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. Wow! 
For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. <laughs>